Oh, hey, girl. It's Tess Rouse and Christina Beattie. We're the co-hosts and creators of Authentically Wild. A podcast that may literally transform your understanding about life, relationships, and your healing journey. So get ready, girl. Shit's about to get wild. Reciprocity is a mutual exchange of energy, time, actions, goals, and emotions between people, in relationships, or in an area of your life. Research shows that reciprocity is critical to deep and connective relationships, yet I'm sure most of us can identify one, or maybe even more, relationships in our lives where this exchange is unbalanced. In today's episode, we're exploring why reciprocal relationships are so important, what they offer us and what they cost us, if there is non-equal energetic exchange. We hope that by the end of this episode, you feel called to take inventory of the relationships in your life to ensure you are getting out what you're putting in. Hello. Hey, 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 hey. Oh my God. <laughs> that was the best one yet. I think it's because we're in person, everybody. We're in person. <laughs> and when we move into our new house, I feel like we're going to set up a little podcast drop like backdrop and then we're gonna have to do this more often mm-hmm. right yeah yes. we're gonna be going on youtube soon folks so saddle up yes <laughs> well it's funny though how we've been sitting here preparing to do the podcast and we spent like an hour and a half talking about other things we're like, okay we gotta get going here <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's definitely not, not um way more than just business right right mm-hmm. So today's topic is going to be interesting because it's something that we've both been moving through or really, I guess, digging into lately on both of our journeys, which is so funny because I felt like we used to be almost in different spaces or you'd be moving through something and then I would be. And now I feel like we're almost at this dead stop. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like when like girls like periods sync up. That's what I feel like healing is like. (laughs) Our, Our healing syncs up. Where we were, like we were on sort of these different paths and then all of a sudden, I, th- I feel like it was like a few months ago, maybe a little bit more, where we started to notice... Convergence. We're like, wait, you're going through that? Wait, I'm going through this? And now it's like, it almost seems side by side with a lot of things. Yeah. It's Which is, crazy. It's, again, I feel like I mentioned this in one other episode, but I was talking to a girlfriend today about this whole idea of healing buddies. Mm. I feel like... You know, and hopefully for most people that is like one of their closest friends, but you need someone to kind of be on the journey with you a little bit, Mm -hmm. almost to just like soundboard things and, you know, that you don't feel alone. Like, oh, you're going through something like that. Mm -hmm. It's just crazy. I feel like this community of women that now are sort of coming out in my life and like, oh my, there's just, it's so supportive in that way. Yeah. And I think too, it's so necessary because... Number one, it helps you know that you're not alone, but I think it also gives you a bit of a backbone through some of the really hard pieces, Mm -hmm. knowing you have somebody to talk to about it or knowing that there's somebody who's been through it or just having that reciprocal energy. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. (laughs) Our topic for the day, Mm -hmm. because really, you know, over the last little while, it's funny how we sometimes come up with these topics and then we're like prepping for it and the universe just gives us lots of stuff to use. <laughs> or, it loves the vulnerable examples. Yeah, or or like maybe because it becomes something that we want to focus on, we start to see it showing up more. Mm-hmm. Or it's like where, what's that saying? Is it Gabby Bernstein? Where 
attention goes, energy flows, Mm -hmm. you know? And so, man, the past couple weeks, especially this last week, lots of info that I can use on reciprocal relationships. Get ready, folks, because we have lots of good examples for you from our personal lives. Yeah. Like you all love. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Do you want to kick us off then? And maybe if anyone, obviously most people probably heard the term reciprocity, reciprocal relationships. What are we talking about here? Yeah. So, I mean in alignment with what we always do I kind of just thought to myself what does this actually mean to me and then it was funny when I did actually look it up what some of the definitions it was actually pretty pretty connected so I was like oh okay Mm -hmm. um but when I think of a reciprocal relationship you know and this isn't just with I think oftentimes we think right away partnership but you know I think about any type of relationship that you can have with a person or I even think about like my business with my clients and also in my spiritual connection with the universe and that reciprocal feeling it's like a a a balance of energy given and received Mm. and that within every relationship there is an energetic exchange and so it's really important to see where we're giving too much or we're not giving enough Mm -hmm. yeah I love that and I think for our listeners as well, obviously you're you're looking at a relationship not in like a minute, minute sense of, oh, today, exactly, Christina did this for me and I did this for her, but more, I think, the longevity of a, especially a relationship or an area of your life, there, there will always be ebbs and flows where mm-hmm. people are in a different phase and they can give more or they need to receive more, right? Mm -hmm. And I think it's almost like a a balancing act of looking from a bit of a higher level, Mm -hmm. right? Because obviously people go through different seasons, different experiences, et cetera, but then so do you. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of like over the course of that, what was that energetic mutual exchange of whether that's energy, time, actions, goods, emotions, um, it's it's all those things. And I don't think just one relationship necessarily will give you all of those pieces. Sometimes it can, mm-hmm. but there's also relationships that you'll depend on um, just for like an emotional, I think, reciprocal exchange, right? But maybe you don't see each other enough. Maybe you live on opposite sides of the province or, or what, whatever it is, right? So mm-hmm. I think there's lots of kind of these little details that you have to really finesse out and, and really take a, a good sort of sense of before you sort of make that decision. Yeah. What I'm really hoping by the end of this podcast is that we can really have listeners be able to leave this and see the relationships in their lives, where they might need to make changes or edits. And sometimes this actually looks like having to let go of things, which can be really hard, mm-hmm. but that's where you have to be kind of honest with yourself and that's that's just i think part of this whole healing journey is that you do have to be honest with yourself and you do need to make those edits where necessary and that's what's going to help you not only take care of your own health but experience more fulfillment mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. yeah you bring up this point of being honest with yourself and i feel for me you know even only this last 2 years i would say have i really been honest with myself about the status of certain relationships Mm. and I want to bring that up because I think it's really important to understand that so many of us I almost want to say all of us have been conditioned to not take inventory of that it's almost hardwired in us that 
everyone has to be kind to one another. Every, everyone is allowed to have a relationship with us. You're mean, you're selfish. If you cut someone out or put in boundaries or pull back or don't give, 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 give. It reminds me of this conversation I had with Thea uh, about a month ago where this little girl at school was being like, you know, kind of mean to her. But in a way, that's that's another form of reciprocation, right? Like in a very negative sense. And Thea was like, and you know, my teacher said I got to be kind and I have to talk it out with her and I keep trying, but she keeps doing it. And I was I was instinctually wanting to be like, well, you guys got to work it out and, mm. you know, you'll be friends. But then I thought, wait a second. <laughs> Isn't that why I am the way I am? Like constantly mm. choosing people who aren't choosing me and giving, giving, even though it feels like I'm taking from myself to do that. And so I really changed the dynamic of that conversation. And I almost think this is something we need to talk about more as adults that no, actually, like, we are all not meant to be in relationship with each other or sometimes we are and then things change in our lives. But, you know, really looking at people like what value do they bring me? What mm. value do I bring them? And if those aren't aligned, I, I think it's time to really take inventory of that. And I feel so many of us are afraid to do that because like what you said, it means letting go. It means mm. losing things. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And, and it's so interesting to me because as I'm listening to you talk about your experience with Thea, and this is where our children are such great teachers for us, mm-hmm. because for you, I think that brought up your own probably wounds that 100%. you've had to go through of like the people pleasing and learning how to put in boundaries. And it's funny because I just had a situation with Max the other day. Mm-hmm where I had to teach him, or it was like a really great learning opportunity to really teach him about mutual respect in a relationship because he was talking disrespectfully towards me. And, you know, I really thought to myself, and this is something that Julie, who is the child behavior specialist that we've worked with um, for a few different things, she really taught me that when it comes to kids, you know, consequences don't always work and often won't work, but you can you know, say we're not going to do this um, with the idea that it's not something you do for them because you have to, it's something you do for them because you choose to. So I said to him, if you're going to treat me like that, I'm not going to take you out for dinner tomorrow. And, you know, he got really upset about it. And I said, you don't understand, mommy, I don't have to take you out for dinner. I I do have to feed you and we have to have a fridge with food in it, right? But Mm -hmm. I don't have to take you out for dinner. I choose to because that's something I like to do in our relationship. But when you're going to treat me with disrespect, I'm not going to do that for you. Mm -hmm. And it was a really beautiful lesson in, in, I think he really got it because that then let us down. Well, if you do this with your friends down the road, you're going to really notice it. They're not going to be as forgiving as mommy. Right. You know, but I think that that's a really, I just think that there's so much value in these like lessons we get to experience with the kids, Mm -hmm. not only for our own healing, but also in practicing teaching them how to have reciprocal relationships. Absolutely. You know, and it's so good that you're teaching him that or that, you know, in that moment with Thea, I told her, honestly, if that girl continues to do that, then you go choose to play with people that are meeting your energy where it's at and giving you the respect that you're giving them. Yeah. Right? Because I think a lot of the times in relationship, more people that are probably wired like me, 
they give, 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 thinking, okay, eventually this person's going to reciprocate. Eventually they're going to reciprocate, right? But I've taught them how to treat me. Right. That it's okay to not reciprocate. Right. Right? And who is that disservicing? Yeah. Yourself. Yeah. And I feel like we preach a lot on this podcast. Like, the relationship of the utmost importance is the one with you Mm. and yourself. Yeah. So this leads us into when it comes to a reciprocal relationship, what are the necessary elements in terms of having one? And I would say a big piece when I was really reflecting on this was accountability, mm. you know, and, and not just my own personal accountability of like showing up in that relationship, but also accountability on the other person's part. And I think that really also depends on the type of relationship it is. So that accountability is probably going to look different between me and a client versus me and a partner. But I think there still has to be that reciprocal accountability. And by that, are you meaning like we hold each other accountable? Mm -hmm. And and ourselves. Meaning like you choose to reciprocate. Mm -hmm. And it's a choice. Oh, yeah. So funny because that was the first thing I was going to talk about. Yes. 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 I love that. And on intimate partnership, I see this so often with couples who they fall out of love within the same four Mm. walls of their home. And I feel that um, reciprocity or the lack thereof is so detrimental to intimate partnership when there's a lack of it because Mm -hmm. it's like death by a thousand cuts, right? So every time you don't reciprocate, whether that's hey, honey, how was your day? Or showing interest in that person's hobby or whatever it may be, picking up your laundry because they also clean whatever it is. Mm -hmm. So much distance. And you could say this with friendship though as well, but especially with couples, I see it. And I think both people, when there isn't that accountability or that choice to reciprocate, like they're not choosing it, Mm -hmm. it's almost like because they think, well, the other person has to do it first. Mm-hmm. But then that person's also thinking, well, when they do it first. Yeah. And then they just slowly inch away from each other until there's there's just so much space between them that they can't even almost come back from that. Yeah. I feel like this is, this is a slow deterioration of a lot of like marriages and intimate partnership is that lack of self-accountability or lack of choice on their own part. Because mm. so often you'll hear, well... He doesn't do this for me. And he doesn't like any of the things I like. And he doesn't, you know, go out of of his way to do this for me. But I would say to anyone who thinks that about their partner, take a minute. And I can say this because I've had to do it. Look yourself in the mirror and say, am I choosing to reciprocate? Am I being accountable? Yeah, well, and and that also makes me think of this other piece. Like when, when we look at boundaries and how important those are in a relationship. And you know, I think about like a, a relationship that you have with a coworker or me with a client, it's a bit clearer in terms of what is expected of you. But when it comes to partnership, I feel like there's a lot more gray area there. Yeah. Well, there's emotion, like yeah. a, a lot more, I should mm-hmm. say, obviously with a client or a coworker, there's emotion there, but there's way more things you're bringing into an intimate relationship, whether that be friendship as well, I think, mm-hmm. because I think a lot a lot more of your wounding also shows up, right? Mm-hmm. There's less of that corporate professional mask that people put on where they sort of check their humanity at the door. Mm-hmm. Uh, they can taper it a bit, 
I do find, though, then, like, there's just more of it to come when you get home. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right? Well, and, and then, so then I guess awareness as well. You need to be aware of, so in a reciprocal relationship, I think you really need to be aware of your own shit. Mm. <laughs> but also have an awareness of your partner's wounds, your partner's stuff, right? And, and I think it reminds me of the episode we did on co- conscious relationships, where this is why this is so important, is when you can see, so I even take your and I's relationship, we have a very good idea of each other's wounds <laughs> and what how we get triggered in different ways. And that plays a part in when we enter into conflict with each other, not even conflict, but like a disagreement. I know that if I come at you guns blazing, that's going to be scary mm-hmm. or that's going to be really that's not how, not that that's how I'd want to do it with anybody, but especially you with everything you've been through. Like that's just, mm-hmm. there would be, it'd be like a no gamer. Like mm-hmm. we can't approach it in that way. You know what I mean? And so like having an awareness yes. of your own stuff and also the other person's stuff, so important. It's going to be the biggest shocker for this episode is that Christine and I have disagreements. <laughs> Not very often, folks, but it's happened. Oh, yeah. (laughs) It's a bit uncomfortable. I think we're getting better at them, though. We are. We've really mastered it. I think some of our first ones, though, where it was like, (laughs) a little uncomfortable. I've learned now that you'll always come back. Yes. And I learned now to say that I'm coming back. (laughs) Which is so funny also. Can I just say this? Because I think this is important, that... Don't just like it's not a wide brushstroke for all relationships either. Like every relationship you have, one I think is going to serve a different piece for your life. Like mm. not every relationship you have is going to be deep and connective, and and there's going to be this value exchange on all those pieces. But also like you're going to show up to different relationships differently. So mm. like in my marriage, I am more of the avoidant, whereas in my friendships, especially with women, obviously core wounds. I'm more anxious, which is just very funny, right? So I think, yeah, that's just like kind of one little piece there. But also, you know, I want to go back to that intimate partnership piece and that self-accountability just to wrap that thought up because having that awareness to a lot of people are like, oh, well, my spouse doesn't like the things I like. And so we Mm. just begin to drift apart on our interests or hobbies. It's like, yeah, so like my husband likes paintball. I don't like paintball, but do I ask about how paintball was? Do I inquire? Mm. Do I at least like put on a smile when he's talking about it? I mean, for some extent of time, yes, I do because I love my partner. Mm. And there's also a bit of sort of that, again, I guess it's that self-accountability. You have to become aware of one, what wounds they're bringing in, but what's important to them. And if it's important to them in some way, you have to also make it important to you, Mm. right? Um, And I think, too, where relationships aren't reciprocal, you'll see a bit of that selfishness where I'm not interested, I don't even, you know, inquire. It's just like a zero, zero go zone for me, Yeah. right? And I, I would say if people make you feel like, that you're un they're, they're uninterested in all the parts of your life or your interests or your hobbies, like that's a red flag. Yeah. Because it actually doesn't matter if that thing isn't for them. Mm-hmm. But if, you know, they love you and they respect you, I think we have to show that sort of reciprocity and like, yeah. oh yeah, how was that? Like I'm interested in that you're interested in yeah. it. Yeah. 
Well, and I think about that too. Like I can only imagine like when you are having that conversation with Tor and you're saying, hey, how was paintball or whatever, he, he most likely feels seen in that moment. 100%. And when we feel seen, we feel safe. Yes. Right? And that's such an important piece is when we feel safe, we trust. Mm-hmm. And it makes me think of this, I think it was Aubrey Marcus that quoted this, where, and I think I actually spoke about this with you a little while ago, where it's like, in any good, conscious, healthy relationship, you know, that when, when we want to like reach our highest potential within that relationship, there needs to be safety in it, right? A safety in, in that we know the boundaries, but we feel safe to extend out, mm-hmm. right? And grow and expand. And and I don't know, it just makes me really think of that piece of, you know, when a partner or anybody for that matter feels seen, they feel safe, there's trust there, and that's huge. Absolutely. Yeah, I you think know? it's critical. Reciprocity is really, I think, what builds love growth support and safety yeah right yeah. In, in intimate and platonic relationships yeah well it makes me think too how I was saying to you and so if anybody listening we have a close girlfriend Brooks and I was talking to them this weekend about how I had kind of an aha moment because I feel so safe with you guys it has brought out this peace in me that I don't know if I've ever fully felt it before. It makes me want to give more mm. than I think I've ever given. And that's like a really, to me, a really big sign of how safe I feel. Because mm. growing up, there were times where I didn't feel safe. And I think that's really taught me along the way to isolate and kind of go onto this little island mm. out of safety, which maybe would have looked selfish. And I don't know, just like, yeah, it made so much sense to me in that moment of seeing how safe I felt. And then it, it allowed me to feel safe enough to come off the island more. Well, I think you also, you're hitting on this point about, you know, like, why do we either choose people who don't choose us or stay in relationships where there isn't reciprocity there? And I think so much of it stems from our upbringing right Mm. and it's also very interesting we've mentioned this in the beginning of this episode that you and I almost approach it differently I overgive I over you know give the energy exchange etc and you I guess what you're saying here is that in some ways I don't think in all relationships but you can kind of want to keep things at an arm's length and I almost think it's less of actually you being willing to give and actually you being less willing to receive Mm. I feel like that's maybe a piece if you want to take a little riff on that because I, I think oh yeah do. well it reminds me of talking with Carrie my well my somatic therapist and I we came across this piece in one of our sessions where I was I was talking about oh here is I guess where I get real intimate <laughs> <laughs> but we were talking about future partnership and I explained or I think we got to this point where I realized oh wow, I think actually one of my greatest fears is meeting someone who I know I'm going to meet, you know, future partnership, and actually being in a situation or an opportunity where I will have to receive. Mm -hmm. And that feels really scary. Why do you think that is? Well, (laughs) here we go, deeper, deeper. (laughs) Because 
well, relationships haven't always been safe for me and I haven't always seen safe relationships, mm-hmm. right? And there is a vulnerability in that, in opening up so much and I think potentially getting hurt or, you know, you know, being rejected or not being fully seen or not being fully held or being disappointed, mm. right? There's just so much there. And so it's just so much easier to just have that wall up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think especially with the wounding piece, right? That's just part of, I think, self-awareness, especially in intimate partnership, but also like close friendships. It's not just are you giving, but are you willing to receive? Because mm. nothing can drain a giver more than someone who won't accept it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like you think of those friendships where you're being open, vulnerable, you're giving emotionally to almost deepen the connection and that person's just kind of like a stone wall. I'm like, oh yeah, like they're interested in you, but you can't tap into them. I think that's the other side of reciprocation we need to talk about as yeah. well because that's that's hard it's almost like when you swing to punch and miss don't they say it takes twice as much energy it's kind of like swinging and missing all the time like why are you not opening yeah (laughs) why are you not now um giving right in that way i think for anyone listening it's it's both sides of reciprocation right Mm -hmm. giving ensure you're giving equally in whatever form that means energy time action etc but also being open to receiving mm-hmm. and dependent on your wounds, your experiences in life. You may be bad at both. You may be good at both. There may be an imbalance there. And I think for partnership, for deep friendship, for deep connection, it requires both, mm-hmm. right? People, one, need to feel needed. So you mm-hmm. have to be willing to receive and you also have to be willing to reciprocate, right? Yeah. And yeah. that's what really fills the cups. And I think, you know, just to even end off a bit of that piece, one thing you know, really just to really bring this all up to a higher level. Uh, Kaylor Betts, he's this thought leader that I, I really like. He's very blunt, but he had this podcast episode. I know you're laughing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, where he said, all relationships are based on a value exchange. Period. Mm-hmm. End of discussion. Yeah. And that enrages some people because, you know, I think, again, going back to that conditioning, we've been taught, oh, no, like, give to others and don't expect anything in return. B.S., B.S. And even I've seen some people say even a parent-child relationship. I don't agree. It's not that what I give to you, you give directly back to me. It's like I give my child love and all these things, but they also give me some sort of fulfillment. They do. But there is a reciprocation there, right? Um, So it's it's just interesting because I think we get very chained in and imprisoned into this ideology of like oh no even if someone's not giving to you you can still have a relationship with them especially if there's like a societal sort of pressure like with family Mm -hmm. right like let's say it's like your your mean toxic aunt and you're like oh like I really don't want her in my life anymore but you're kind of forced to continue that relationship take a look at that because mm-hmm. that is not okay in, in, in my book anyway. I think yeah. in any relationship, you have to think of how do you feel, what are you getting out of that, et cetera, et cetera. And if, if that person isn't willing to make those changes, I don't think they're deserving of your relationship. Mm-hmm. I think that this would be a really good piece to talk about our, our different examples of reciprocal relationships in our lives or like where that shows up for us. And I like that you brought up that example that you said with the kids because 
more recently, uh, we've been getting the kids to do chores at each of the households. Mm -hmm. And this was an interesting thing for me because I never actually implemented it until more recently. And I will say, number one, it's been an adjustment. Not just for me, but I can see for them, they take pride in it as well. But what's been interesting is that what it has required from me has been a release of control. Hmm. Because I really had to think to myself, you know, in order to start to teach them this really valuable lesson of like showing up in the house and, and you know, showing up in their own way and, and you know, being more accountable, I had to release some c- control of like how that would look like how they make their beds is going to look different than how I would have made their beds and how they brush their teeth isn't always going to be as well as how I would have done it. And so it's been a really big lesson in control for me. Mm -hmm. But I think that this is a really important piece when it comes to a reciprocal relationship because we can't have control over everything. And in fact, that's, I think where the 50 50 comes in. I love that. It's interesting because I've been seeing this a lot with parents removing tons of the toys and going back to sort of like decades ago style parenting. Like I'm talking like when we all lived in villages where the kids were just a part of the society as the adults were. And Mm. going back even to the piece we spoke about earlier, everyone wants to feel needed. If you have a kid who's like acting out, like literally ask them to help you help make dinner with you. Mm. They now feel they play a role. Everyone wants to play a role, whether that's in a relationship, in a family dynamic, all of those things and what you're doing by giving them those chores responsibilities. Yeah, I'm sure there's some like, eh, I don't want to make my bed. But like they feel like ownership. They feel needed. Yeah. They're helping you. And so I think it's great that you are releasing that control because imagine how damaging that would be as if they're like, great, I've helped. I've made my bed. And you're like, oh, this is so bad. And to be honest, you're making me reflect now on my own partnership because <laughs> adults don't like that either, folks. <laughs> yeah. You didn't really do it how I wanted to do it. I'm very Yes. Yeah. So. And I love that you said that because in my notes, I even wrote down, you know, releasing control of expectations that it won't look like how I would do it, but is it the point to do it exactly like me or Mm -hmm. is it the point to help them learn how to show up and be accountable? 100%. Yeah. And I love, you know, you said that piece around kids being part of the society or that they want to take part. So one of the things I really don't like doing is grocery shopping and even more than that is taking the children grocery shopping. Mm-hmm. I actually will avoid it at all costs and the other day I had to do it and I was like and with me and my ADHD just it's overstimulating and it's just a lot. So I avoid it. Well, the other day I had to do it. So I was like, okay. <laughs> this should be interesting and it was after school. Oh. Right? And I for some reason I got this idea to be like we're all going to carry carts and like not the rolling carts but like the the baskets Mm -hmm. we're all going to carry baskets and we're all going to carry food in them and we're going to take turns putting things in i'm going to give you the things but we're all going to be carrying a part of what groceries we're getting zero behavior issues they had a job they knew they had to carry their baskets Mm -hmm. so i wanted to include that because I mean, releasing control, as anybody knows, has not been my strong suit in my life. Mm -hmm. And it's, I think, an ongoing process in different areas. I love that. One example I want to share, which is of a little different vein, but I think it's important, especially as we've talked about self-accountability in a reciprocal relationship. But, you know, we're going to dive in at the end of this episode. How do you even take inventory of the relationships? And then what do you do if you notice that there 
isn't like a, an unbalancing of that equilibrium there. And so one, I guess, set of relationships I want to talk about is the relationship I have like with my parents. And when I started this journey like a year and a half ago, I obviously started this podcast with Christina and began, you know, being more vocal about my journey, about my childhood and all of that, obviously very publicly. So I think people would think, oh, so you've had like really at depth conversations with all of the people in your lives and the mm. family. And then, you know, I began to feel like, oh, no, I guess I really haven't. And, you know, a part of me got really triggered about that like well yeah like why aren't they asking don't they care and then I realized too again about sort of that self-accountability it's like well have I have I one made my expectations known have I asked have I created the Mm. opportunity for them to ask the questions and reciprocate that energy exchange because maybe that's really awkward for them and I think you know one of my pieces is if you're noticing there's something wrong in your relationship I believe most people probably deserve that conversation where you're going to say, hey, it really hurts me that you don't ask or that you haven't, you know, inquired about what I'm doing and how I am since everything happened in my life. And when I sat them down and had that conversation, it was probably one of the hardest conversations I had probably had in my life. I felt like super anxious about it. Um, It was very emotional for them, but... It honestly, that's an example of then where that relationship could rise up to meet me where I'm at. And then that reciprocation could begin to happen. And I think Mm -hmm. a lot of people just wait in this victim mentality. Like, well, they they never ask. They never care. They're not doing this for me. It's like, yeah, and and they may never. Mm -hmm. And if you have that conversation, that may be a reality. And you'll have to make a decision as to what you're going to do with that. Yeah. But also you can be sort of that, you know, catalyst for that change in that relationship. I don't think just because a relationship doesn't feel reciprocal that it's done and you should just cut it. Yeah. It's like, have you given it the full opportunity? And Mm -hmm. I did that with, with both my parents and, you know, I've, I feel like now they're like my biggest fans Mm. and they're constantly like cheering me on and, and all of those things. And so I guess for anyone out there, that's, maybe hearing what we're saying and like, oh, like this isn't good. Like sometimes people just don't know how or don't know what you need. Mm. And so you have to create, I think, a space for that reciprocation if they haven't been along for the ride the whole time. Yeah, I love that. And I love seeing that for you because I really have watched that evolve for you. And there have been sticky moments. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you have had to step outside of the comfort zone to voice different pieces or, you know, I guess move the energy in some ways. And and so it's really cool to see that coming full circle for you. You know, and it reminds me of my mom where I, I've had to have conversations and say, please don't say this or please don't do this. I just need you to listen. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that's all someone needs is you being very clear about what you need. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes we shy away from that, whether it's fear of vulnerability or feeling like that makes us selfish or directive or whatever. Mm-hmm. But that is really what we need sometimes is for someone to say what they need so that we can show up in that way. Absolutely. I mean, I think of us and our disagreements in funny quotations where we kind of had to have this like heart to heart, like, 
here's how it feels for me. Here's how it feels for you. Okay, how can we, in these moments, yeah. you know, make this so we both feel good about yeah. it? Yeah. Right? Well, yeah, because I think about you, because you'll be like, you know, if, if we get in a disagreement or something, I know now that I can't just Ghosting? disconnect. <laughs> I need to send a message or something and say, I'm triggered by this, or I need, I just need to, to think about this, but I'm coming back. Yeah. And that is safer for you. That is very uncomfortable for me. Absolutely. Because it's so easy for me to disconnect. Absolutely. Although get me in a male relationship, <laughs> get me with a partner and I'm like, ah, don't leave, don't leave. <laughs> See, there's that it's opposite. That, yeah. It's that, that anxious attachment. So crazy. It's so interesting to yeah. me. Yeah. Yeah. That's so funny. And I think too, you know, like one last example I want to give is, I think a lot of listeners probably, especially if they're single or dating, you know, there's like that guy or girl, like you're chasing and mm. there's like that non-reciprocation. I think we need to touch on this too. Whereas like you're choosing someone who is not choosing you. I had, you know, after my first marriage, sort of the first relationship I, I really wanted and I really began like stepping into, I was just like head over heels about this person and it was like, they had just left a relationship and it just felt like all the right pieces and they were all these things. And then I kind of felt like I wasn't a priority. There would be like, you know, hours of non-responsiveness and, you know, again, it felt mm. like very non-reciprocal and so annoying. the trigger, you know, and I feel like there's probably listeners out there that are like, but no, like I just, I like him so much or I like her so much and it's just like, it's going to work out. And, uh, and it became to a point where it was like exhausting for me. And I think, especially when you're going after someone in an intimate way, like you, you want them to pursue you. It's almost like a, a Petri dish of what your like long relationships can be like. If you're constantly pouring into someone, mm. it's like exhausting. You feel just like wiped out inside. And eventually I had to like almost give this ultimatum where I was like, you have the weekend. Mm. Let me know if like you want to be with me or not. And then I was like, oh, yeah, you did. What if, what if he says no? Well, sure enough, he's like, yeah, I don't think it's going to work. And I was like, oh, crushed to the heart. Crushed yeah. to the yeah. heart. Yeah. And I just think, you know, I think a lot of that's probably happened for many of us in adolescence. And I think mm. that that's also where... A lot of us get a bit of this fear about taking inventory and having those hard conversations with people yeah. because what if you say, this is what I need out of the relationship or da 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 and they don't reciprocate. Yeah. Right? But I, I think, what are you getting out of that relationship? What are you holding on to? And it's not the relationship because if you really look at it, like really look over your history with the person, again, that higher level... If it, if it is not a reciprocal relationship, it's probably a core wound and another mm. little part of you that wants to be chosen. Not actually by that person, just by anybody. Yeah. And there are people out there that will choose you and yeah. will align with you. And that's where you should be investing your energy. But then the first step is choosing yourself. 1,000%. And I think this is actually part of the reason why we do it is that there is healing in learning how to choose ourself. And then there is healing in then getting into a new relationship or whether you can take that relationship and create a new foundation or, and then being with someone who then chooses us. Yes. But first and foremost, it has to be about choosing ourselves. And, you know, we teach others how to treat us, mm -hmm. how to love us. Mm-hmm. hundred percent. I mean, 
your sister would be so proud of me, like my Chiron, like <laughs> choosing myself. Chiron. She's going to be so <laughs> mad I said it. so mad at you. I had to make sure I said it right. Yeah. Christina's sister is very into astrology and she's so good at it. Yes. Um, and so she always gets mad at Christina for pronouncing planets and other yes. stars wrong. I pronounce everything. <laughs> I pronounce everything wrong. Yeah. I, I'm glad that you touched on that piece because now here is sort of an opposite example in the sense that um, I want to talk about for anyone who is trying to build their spiritual connection or build a connection with a higher power, whatever you want to call it, God, the universe, however you refer to it. You know, I talk to a lot of clients that come to me that want to build this, mm. that want to build this connection. Right. And it's so interesting because we'll kind of look at, okay, what does it look like for you currently? What are the practices that you have right now in terms of connecting within yourself and with sort of this higher power? And often it will not be where it needs to be. Mm-hmm. But there is this uh, maybe expectation that, you know, where are the messages? Where are the signs? I need the guidance. I need the answers. But this is a relationship where what you put in, you get in return. When you do slow down and connect and open up to receive, that actually gives you even more. Mm. Which seems a bit counter um, counterintuitive, right? Where we think that we need to do more to get more. Mm-hmm. But actually when it comes to this type of relationship, the more that we release and kind of open our hands up to receive, the more we get. I wonder if, especially in intimate partnership, actually that that bodes with that as well. Mm. Because I think... That makes me so uncomfortable (laughs) to think about. I think we like to control our relationships a lot with our partners too. Like what it's supposed to be. What I envisioned it to be. I mean, speaking from my own experience, trust me, I thought things were going to go a different way. But I think when we also release control of that, like what it's mm. supposed to look like, I think it allows for a more ebb and flow of reciprocity as well. Yeah. Well, and, and then maybe that's all feminine energy. Uh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. I mean, for anyone who's listening, that's something we have to work on. <laughs> that's something Tess and I, like, you know, we've always been in our lives doers. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not that you can't be a doer in your feminine energy, but, you know, when we can step back create that space and go more inwards, you know, or, or like open our hands to receive. Mm -hmm. I feel like any man in his divine masculine is going to be like, Ooh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah. And so, you know, that's something that I've really learned as well, that when it comes to this relationship specifically with higher power, the more you connect, the more you actually build this trust And then you're able to surrender more through the process, Mm -hmm. which actually creates so much more flow in your life. Yeah. Yeah, that's so true. I love that. It's like you can ride that wave. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's such a unique relationship, right? Mm -hmm. makes me think of other areas of people's lives, too. I was reading, um, it was a Mark Groves blog, and he was talking about, like, why we choose people who don't choose us. And then in there, he talks about, you know, you want to get in shape. And you're like, I don't have time to exercise. He's like, what you're saying is I won't make time to exercise. Mm -hmm. Or it's like, I want to eat healthy, but I just can't. Or like, uh, but it's just not easy for me. It's like, what you're saying is I won't or I can't. Um, Because like you make a choice, right? Like what you put in, you get out. 
typically I think in areas of life, but obviously if, if you're just feeling drained and burnt out, like at the job situation, that's different. But, you know, I think like with your health, with your spirituality or connection within yourself, all mm-hmm. of those things. So if you're someone other that's like, oh, I've just been trying to, I don't know, get healthy or get fit or whatever. It's like, okay, well, are, are you tuning into your health and fitness journey? What are you mm-hmm. eating? All of those things, right? Because I, And are you being consistent? Yeah, are you being, because a bit more of what you were just speaking, they're like, where are the signs? Where are the nudges? honestly, I think a lot of us like to project externally, like, oh, it's not happening for me because of this, 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 this. And oh, like, you know, I'm just too busy to meditate. It's like, nope, you're making yourself too busy. You're, you mm-hmm. have whatever it is, 14,000 minutes in a day. I don't know what it is. Yeah. How are you spending them? Yeah. Right. And even honestly, back to relationship as well. If your relationship is in a place, any relationship, but especially into a partnership, look at, like take inventory. How are you showing up? How are you reciprocating your energy, actions, etc.? Mm-hmm. And again, if you're doing that and you're pouring out and nothing's coming in, then that's a whole different conversation. Yeah, and then I would also say there, and is it something you really want? Mm-hmm. Because I think sometimes we can want something and maybe not be doing what we need to do or we think we need to be doing what we need to do and we might not actually want it. Ooh, sorry guys. Yeah. Some <laughs> some maybe hidden beliefs there that we don't even know about. Get digging into yeah. your subconscious. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so if a lot of what we said has resonated and you're beginning to go through your Rolodex of relationships in your life and you're like, ooh, <laughs> maybe there's one or two that are floating to the surface, but you're just not sure, like, well, I think they're there for me, but are they there for me? Here's some questions you could reflect on, journal about, or just literally think about even after you're done listening. Do you receive emotional support from this person? That can look like a variety of things, but I'm sure you get the gist of what I'm saying. If you really needed them, day or night, would they be there? Phone call, would they come to your rescue? Is there balance of give and take? And again, remember, we're talking about over kind of the longevity of your relationship. We're not talking day to day or even week to week because people move through different seasons. Mm-hmm. Can you be completely honest with them or does it at least feel safe to be honest with them? And the last two, do they inspire or encourage you? Because I think in all reciprocal relationship, there should be some factor of growth there. Mm. Uh, And how do you feel when you're with them? Like, honestly, I think that's one of the truest sort of indicators for the health of a relationship. The next time you're out with whoever you're thinking about in your Rolodex, really ask yourself after, how do I feel after I leave that Mm. interaction? Am I feeling joy, peace, excitement? Am I feeling drained, angry, shame? Like, how are you feeling, right? Really tap into your body on that one. I love that last one because that's, you know, that's something I've really been trying to start to pay attention to in my life is across the board. How do I feel with each piece? And I think that's all about, you know, that's how we really learn how to tap into our intuition and intuitively live Mm -hmm. and whether something is life filling or life sucking. Yeah. Yeah. And this isn't, this isn't to say that you can't change it. Like, let's say you take inventory, you're like, Ooh, I got a lot of life sucking things going on. You can change that. And I think this is where, you know, if this resonates for you and really starting to look at getting clear on 
your expectations of that area or that relationship. Like expectations are big, Mm -hmm. I feel like. And sometimes that's going to look like you have to cut it out or you have to take it out of your life or you have to create um, some sort of boundary there or have a conversation. And that can be hard too because they might meet you or you might have to pull back if they can't show up in a certain way, right? They're all different, but you got to start to get honest. Mm-hmm. I think in everything in life, but especially your relationships. Yeah, and that's hard. But but in getting honest, I think sometimes we want to go to that black and white thinking. It doesn't always mean worst case scenario, mm-hmm. right? But I think first and foremost, getting honest and then seeing, okay, where am I going to go with this? Yeah. What needs to be done? What do I have to? What do I have to start to do here? What things need to move or or shift? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think. Just in that too, it's like you either cut them out, you have a conversation and they align, or maybe that relationship just takes on a different role. Yeah. And I think that is a very natural thing. And we talked about the ebbs and flows of relationships. I was just thinking that, yeah. In a previous podcast. That's funny. I was just going to say that. Yeah. Yeah, And I, I think it's important to reiterate that people, one, can be in your life for just a season and then they're gone completely. But I think people can also move into different roles in your life. Like literally people can be, I think of like life, like a big book, a protagonist for, you know, the first half of your life. Then they could be an antagonist for a year or two, right? Um, You know, or they could be like a deep connective part of your life that was safe. And now they're more of a surface level friend that you go and have fun with. And Mm -hmm. that's okay. Mm Mm-hmm. I think that's a very natural evolution because we're always changing and so are other people. And so to think that we always fit perfectly together, like these links in a chain, I think is is actually just crazy to, yeah. to almost have that expectation on relationships. Well, and the chain changes. Yeah. It shifts. Okay, well, we hope that you guys enjoyed the episode. If this resonated for you, if it helped you in any way, we would love for you to share this on your social or even just share this with people you know because the more ears this gets to, the more people it can help. And if you need to reach Tess or I, you can contact us on social media. For Tess, it's at her unearthed. And for Christina, it's at Christina.soulempowered. We hope you guys have a great day. We'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.